0: Welcome to Big G in Conversation, the podcast from inside Guelph City Hall. Hi, I'm Wendy King, and on today's show, we're talking with staff from Engineering and Transportation and Planning and Building Services about all things construction in Guelph this summer. We'll learn what major infrastructure projects are underway, how to better plan routes around construction in the city, and ways we can all protect wildlife at the same time. Panel is Terry Gaiman, General Manager, Engineering and Transportation Services, Reg Dressworm, Manager of Design and Construction, and Leah Leffler, Environmental Planner, Planning and Building Services. So, welcome, everybody.
1: Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: So uh, what's that old joke? Ontario has two seasons, winter and construction, something like that. We're in the thick of construction season. So Terry, could you start us off and just maybe list some of the projects that are underway right now in Guelph?
1: sure can wendy and you know what you're right on the uh, two seasons to some extent so we certainly appreciate everyone's patience and understanding as we go through construction season because we know it can be disruptive but it's all for good reasons right we need to make sure that the city's Infrastructure is in great working condition, so that people get the services they need, whether that's roads, bridges, water pipes, sewers—all the kind of good stuff that comes along with construction. And some of it's underground and out of sight, but it's just as important. So, uh, you know, thank you in advance to everyone for for their patience. Um, we do have a number of large projects on the go right now. The first that comes to mind is York Road. So, for those uh, in the area, they would have noticed York Road has now just recently been reopened but it's a multi-phase project. So we are reconstructing the storm water pipes, the water and wastewater pipes, and the full road um, on York Road. And, and there's about four phases to the project as we work our way towards the city limits. So that work will uh, wrapped up now and we'll be restarting again next year in 2023. So phase three is yet to come. And then uh, we continue on with that extensive work. We are also doing a number of projects right now along the Speedvale corridor, so we are replacing water mains, we're repairing retaining walls, we're adding multi-use paths so that folks can, can travel easy through the area, and we are still working towards the reconstruction of the Speedvale bridge. And so those are, that's sort of a suite or a corridor projects along Speedville Avenue that'll make a big impact for our city and for our businesses and residents on, you know, how how they can provide services and and function in the future. And so that's a lot of really good stuff there. Um, We're also working on getting some work done in our downtown. So as lots of folks know, downtowns are vital to the health of a city and and guelph has a vibrant downtown that's set for growth in the future and as part of that growth we need to be ready with the services again so that's your your water and sewer pipes your road work all the kind of good stuff that helps service people and businesses downtown so we are reconstructing baker street as we get ready for the baker street redevelopment and we're also working on a bigger overall downtown revitalization plan that looks to basically program out the reconstruction of all the old services in downtown. Some of those services are more than 100 years old at this point, so there's certainly a need to make sure that uh, those services are replaced so that the folks uh, who use them and continue to rely on them can in fact do that. So that program is well underway. Reg, who you'll hear from later, is helping lead that for the city. and, And it's a great body of work that'll take place over the next better part of a decade. So there's there's lots going on and that's some of sort of probably the key highlights.
0: Wow. Yeah. And as you were saying, obviously some are short term, some are very long term if you're looking a decade ahead. So how do you prioritize all of that?
1: Well, that's a good question. We certainly do spend uh, time making sure we're prioritizing the projects in the in the best way possible. And it really starts with our strategic plan. So we have a strategic plan called Guelph Future Ready, and that sort of sets the tone for city staff on how we deliver public service. And then from there, we have other plans that we look towards. Um, We use use what are called master plans that do sort of the long range thinking in terms of planning for growth and the long-term sustainability of the city. So we have stormwater master plans and water and wastewater sewer master plans and all kinds of other master plans that help us prioritize projects. Um, and then we really get into what's known as asset management. And our asset management plan is an industry-leading plan that really helps take the condition and life cycle of the city's various assets and put them into priority. So we understand when something's in good condition or bad condition, how much more expected life that asset has, whether it's a pipe or, or a piece of road or, or anything in between. Um, and so that that really helps us figure out how do we balance everything how do we balance it against the funding needs how do we balance it against our staff's ability to deliver the projects and how do we make sure we're making the best investments that we can for the city we don't want to you know pave a road and then 10 years later have to rip that back up to replace the sewers underneath so we're trying to make as much of an integrated decision as we can and really get at the 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 infrastructure that is beyond its life expectancy and life cycle where there's more of a risk of failure so those are like you know for for simplicity it's the older stuff generally yeah. speaking right and and in the city of Guelph with the history we have we have some infrastructure that that can be quite old in the 70 80 90 or 100 year old kind of range so that that gives you a bit of a sense of how we do it. Um, and then of course short-term needs come up and we find the best way to fit those in as well as they arise.
0: Right, for sure. Yeah, so much planning and thinking ahead for sure. So, Reg, what would be the best place for residents to find out about all the different projects?
2: Thanks, Wendy. Uh, Quality communications is very important to the city, especially when it's something as disruptive as uh, road and underground service reconstructions. So about a, a week or so, two weeks before the project starts, we'll post a construction notice on our website. Uh, at guelph.ca slash construction, and then even for larger projects or longer term projects, we hand deliver notices to people living in the construction area. Uh, we'll also post some signs around the area to let people know about traffic delays, detours, and the expected construction timelines. Um, on our larger projects, we will create a dedicated project webpage that we'll reference in a lot of our notices. Uh, where we make sure that current information is available and contact information is easily at hand as well. There is a handy uh, Google map at guelph.ca slash construction2. Uh, you can zoom in and out and click about on the map, uh, bring up the information about the construction project you're interested in. Um, so every notice uh, speaks to the reasons why we're doing the work. The estimated time is gonna take and if any city services will be impacted. Uh, Like I've mentioned, we will include contact information. So if people have specific questions about how that project is affecting them or other questions, they can certainly reach out to that uh, that contact. Uh, We know construction is tough and disruptive, but we do our best to give the community as much notice and as much information as possible. So no one is taken by surprise. But as Terry said, uh, this is work is important to support the renewal, growth, and development of our city. So construction will happen. Uh, We encourage residents to consult the city's website and contact us if we have any questions about construction in their neighborhood. Uh, We may not have all the answers right right away, especially if the works are not being done by the city, like our third party utilities, but we'll do our best to try and find an answer. Uh, Once the project is complete, We then have another 70, 80 years of functional underground water pipes and sewers to service the neighborhood, all our road users, people who bike, walk, drive, take transit or use other methods of transportation will enjoy the upgraded roads and active transportation improvements for years to come
0: hmm. So I guess um, perhaps you have answered this in the fact that you are doing advanced information and a lot of communication, but is that how you make it easier for the traveling public? Because, you know, everybody's like, you got to get from point A to point B, and then you forget. I mean, I've, I've done it myself, or, you know, I've announced construction projects on the on the radio, and then drove on a closed road, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you just forget, you don't realize that it's impacts you every day, right?
2: Yeah. So we do do the notices, but like not everybody's going to read a notice that's put in their front door either. Uh, we do put up construction signage uh, well in advance of a project. Hopefully you get people warmed up to the idea that this, there is a road and we make sure our detours are signed well. Um, we also make sure that folks stick to that detour, it may not wander into some of the residential streets as well, where they can be disruptive to other neighbors.
0: Well, as all the work goes on, um, obviously it impacts everyone, but also wildlife. So, Leah, if I could bring you in, um, how do you attempt to limit that particular impact?
3: Great. Thanks, Wendy. Uh, Great question. Um, So, as uh, Terry alluded to, we have a strategic plan in uh, in the city that kind of guides the way we do business. And um, Guelph really prides itself on being an environment first. Um, taking an environment first approach. So when there are construction related projects, um, environmental planning, which is the department that I sit in, um, collaborates with those in engineering that are leading different capital projects to identify potential issues such as um, wildlife crossing locations where there's known road mortality, um, or where there is an opportunity to make um, a road more. inclusive or protective of wildlife um, so one thing that routinely happens is um, putting up uh, wildlife signage so um, if if there are a lot of wildlife being noted on the road um, we'd reach out to traffic um, and they would uh, we would go out and take a look and then determine whether or not Um, It's a good idea to put a traffic sign to alert um, those traveling by road that there is a wildlife concern in the area Um, for larger projects like a road reconstruction. um, We would work to identify where there are um, habitats on both sides of the road that would be desirable for a species to cross. Um, And then um, so, for example, on Niska Road and on Eastview Road, we've implemented some very successful wildlife tunnels that um, provide um, safe movement under the road and don't um, create that road-wildlife conflict.
0: That's cool. Wildlife yeah, tunnels, I've cool. not heard of
3: that. Very <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah.
0: So a lot of times people, um, especially this time of the year, are talking about turtles. Well, why are turtles such a big thing?
3: Yeah, they are a big thing. Um, And unfortunately, all of the species that occur in Ontario are listed as species at risk um, of varying degrees. So special concern, threatened or endangered. Um, And the reason for that is um, they're drawn to roadsides. So they nest in sandy or loamy substrate um, and they, you know, excavate a hole and that's where the females lay their eggs and they stay there. Um, but further, roads um, were constructed many long before <laughs> today. And so there are um, roads crisscrossing wetlands that turtles call home. And so they don't really register the road. They're just doing their life business going about their day-to-day activities. And also they're they're reptiles, right? So they're they get their warmth or their energy from the sun um, or their body heat from the sun, rather. Um, So road surfaces are kind of desirable for that, especially early in May when they're first emerging from hibernation um, to cross the road. So it's kind of a a perfect disaster. They're also slow moving. So roads and turtles just really aren't a good mix.
0: And you mentioned um, nesting period. Did you say May for that?
3: Oh, uh, nesting period. So May is is sort of like the beginning movement. Um, They're kind of waking up, moving. Um, That type of thing. It can start in April as well, but really June is the most active month. That's when females are moving, um, doing their test nests, and then actually laying their nests, um, laying their eggs. Um, But then July, August, then that's when the hatchlings start. So you'll start to see the the hatchlings um, hatch and then start to do their movements.
0: So is there anything you can do to protect them if they're kind of drawn to that, drawn to the road?
3: The best thing to do, and this is based on science um, and studies uh, in road ecology where the best thing to do is to exclude turtles from the road. So that's where the wildlife tunnels come in. But another key component to construction projects is the successful installation and maintenance of um, wildlife funnel fencing. So. The funnel fencing basically acts as a physical barrier so any turtle or amphibian or reptile or small mammal that inter- is intercepted by the fencing is redirected and then um is directed towards that safe passage under the road through the wildlife tunnel
0: so that's kind of what the city is doing to protect them is there anything we can do as the traveling public
3: definitely yeah so some residents may be aware um of some large uh, signage similar to what Reg was referring to for the construction projects um to alert traffic to the mm-hmm. to the fact that um, there's the turtle movement across the road on Maltby and so um, signage is is definitely a way just um, increasing driver awareness to break um, when they're able to in a safe uh, fashion to break for turtles and help them to safe safely cross the road Um, Another thing to do is if if you are a driver or happen to be walking by and note that a turtle has been crushed on the road, there are existing um, organizations set up to help with that. So um, we have contacts at RARE, uh, Charitable Research Reserve in Cambridge, and then there's also a wildlife, a turtle specific hospital in Kawartha Highlands that um, take in injured turtles.
0: Sometimes we see, you know, on on Facebook or what have you, that uh, people are, you know, either stopping and (laughs) waiting for them if you have time or or helping them out. Um, What is a safe way to help them across?
3: Yeah, a safe way to help them cross. Ideally, um, you'd break and let them cross naturally, um, recognizing depending on the traffic speeds and everything else. um, It. It can be desirable to to help them. Um, keep in mind, we do have a species of snapping turtle, so you want to make sure that you're not um, putting yourself in harm's way, but also um, doing that. So the best thing to do is to direct the turtle in the direction it's going. So say it's it's facing, you know, north um, across the road, then you know, help it across in that direction to where it it wants to go. So giant I guess, gloves. Giant gloves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and just remember i also remember people sometimes think that the shells of turtles are sort of like um the jacket that they put on but the shell is the turtle so you need to be mindful you don't want to end up injuring the the turtle by you know yanking on different parts um so best to just let it move naturally. Um, if needed, to carefully pick it up by the shell and place it down.
0: Okay. So Terry, this might be for you, and and you know maybe you can't answer this. I'm not sure, but um, w- when you're setting out all your projects to be done, and you've got a whole bunch on on the go, as you've mentioned to us, has the money already been put aside for all those, or do you, how does that budgeting process work?
1: Yeah, I can answer that, Wendy. So. The the city has long term forecasts, so we refer to it as our capital budget forecast. We have them in 10 and 25 year. Uh, intervals so that we are really taking that future-focused long-term view of when and how we need to invest in infrastructure renewal and in construction. And so we bring those plans to our City Council through the City's multi-year budget process, and that happens every year, and our Council gets a chance to ask questions and make adjustments and, and approve those budgets so that City staff can can do the work that they need to do in terms of planning and designing and constructing Uh, the various pieces of infrastructure throughout the city. So that's, that's how it works.
0: And I would think that the weather's been pretty good this summer for construction. So are you are you kind of ahead of the game? Or can you tell yet?
1: Well, I would say, by and large, we are where we'd like to be in terms of getting work done. Um, every project is different depending on contractors and supply chains. There's been a number of challenges as a result of COVID and some of the things that have come from that, like supply chain issues and inflation issues. But I, I would like to say we're on top of it with our strategies. We're on top of it with our construction partners in the industry. And and our teams are really pressing forward to make sure that we've, we've got uh, the work. Underway and at the right pace where the public uh, can kind of really balance it all out with everything else.
0: yeah, I, I guess that's right. I, I tend to forget Covid is not done with us yet. So all of that is still a possibility, right? All the delays, et cetera. So um I guess just just to kind of wrap up because we've we've covered a lot uh, what would you say to people I, I I guess you know maybe look at the big picture and all the improvements that are coming and and just pack your patience with uh, some of the delays
1: um I, I think if I could get a couple of messages across, certainly, yes, we appreciate folks. Uh, understanding and patience as things can be disruptive. But by and large, we are we are doing all these things for very good reason, right? These are the essential services that that the city of Guelph needs. Folks need to thrive, right? And that's for quality of life, for business purposes, for mobility, you name it. Um, as you heard from Leah, for for environmental protection purposes, uh our infrastructure is helping us adapt to climate change whether it's you know sort of in how we size things for potential storms and all that kind of good stuff so there's lots of good reasons why we invest in infrastructure of course there's an economic benefit as well for local you know suppliers and trades and and different industries as well so there's lots of good good Uh, things that come from construction but we we certainly do appreciate everyone's patience as you mentioned at the beginning there's sort of those two seasons where we live and and uh, that's definitely got some truth to it
0: yeah for sure hey my thanks to terry reg and leah for all your information on construction really appreciate your time
2: all right thank you
3: thanks wendy
0: Wendy King with the City of Guelph's Big G in Conversation podcast. Thanks for joining me. If you have ideas for a show or comments, you can email biggpodcast at guelph.ca. Until next time, take care and let's keep the conversation going.